Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker alongside Chris Baker, and here is what we have on the menu for you today. We will start off with our best friend, George Lewitsky. Uh He got released by the Blue Jays. We'll begin with that. Andrew McCutcheon signed a three-year deal with the Phillies. Charlie Morton signed a two-year deal with the Rays. Billy Hamilton signed a one-year deal with the Royals. Tanner Roark got traded from the Nats to the Reds just a little bit ago. Three teams are reportedly winning the Bryce Harper race. One team might surprise you. Stick around for that. Craig Kimbrell is most likely done with the Red Sox. The Rule 5 draft is coming up tomorrow. Jay Happ reportedly has a deal in place with the Yankees. Um, what can we still expect and what should we have expected from the Blue Jays in Vegas? And what, what is going to happen or what could happen for the rest of the week? Uh, are the Yankees a front runner for Manny Machado? Uh, a, a couple brief announcements and of course as always the latest off-season rumors so packed episode chris how you doing today i'm good dylan how are you happy belated birthday even though i did say it to you thank you birthday. thank you in case you were unaware which most of you probably were it was my birthday yesterday and the blue jays gave me the best gift i had received that day uh and that gift was that they had released troy tulewitzki yeah, but you know what? I'm a little bit sad. I'm a little bit sad. Why? Well, because it means you're not going to bash on Tulowitzki beyond episode eight of the <laughs> baseball broadcast. And, and really, we should have called this the winter meeting special because every single thing on here came from the winter meetings. But that's true. Uh, but I'm, I understand your excitement, Dylan. I, I really do. But I think that this is a huge financial mess for the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, uh, it's $38 million but, they're eating. It's a little scary. But, I understand, uh, but you got to get rid of the guy. He's not going to be able to stick around the team. He's clogging the I get that. The, I, get that. I mean, he certainly wasn't going to be our starting shortstop, that's for sure. And, and he certainly thought he was. And I think it was time to cut ties with him. It's just a challenge when it's that much money. But, you know, but who the, is gonna the reality take is he wasn't, he wasn't in the picture for, for what was going to be at, at shortstop. This opens the door for Alorda Scuriel Jr., and, uh, and and others as well coming from, from the minors. So I think this is a, a good move for the Blue Jays. It's a much needed move. It's probably needed for Tulo as well. He'll probably go back to, I'm thinking, Oakland because he, he sort of was living out there, born and raised out there. Um, and we'll see. He can pick up Major League Minimum and still get his $38 million, so he can really go anywhere. And uh, I read, actually, that uh, Tulo said that if the Oakland A's are willing to sign him, He's willing to switch positions for him. Wow, because that was sorry. not something he was willing to do with the TBJs. Yeah. So if he, if he does get the opportunity to move back to Oakland and play for them, he is willing to switch positions, which is quite interesting. And I don't think that he was going to... Where, from the bench to the DL, back to the DL to the bench? <laughs> maybe, maybe. That's probably what's going to happen. What? Personally, I'd rather pay Tulowitzki to get off of my team than to pay Tulowitzki to do nothing for my team. So that's suppose, just what I think. Yes. But boy, is that dead money. But what are you going to do? He's gone yeah. now and he's ruined the rest of the podcast for the winter, but that's okay. He's gone. It's okay. Troy Garbage Whiskey, Clubhouse Tumor Tulo. Those nicknames will live on from 2018 to 2018. Moving on, Andrew McCutcheon signed a three-year deal with the Phillies this week. Uh, just before the Blue Jays gave me my $38 million birthday gift, the Phillies signed Andrew McCutcheon to a three-year, $50 million deal. I did not see this coming. We'll get into this later, but how in are they on Bryce Harper? Just give me a little bit because we're going to get into it later, as I mentioned. 
But are they still fully in on Bryce Harper? I think they are. But just circling back to Tulo for a second, we should have really started the show with a uh, with Sarah McLaughlin's "Arms of the Angels" song. <laughs> that would have been that would have been better because he 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 go. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, back to the McCutcheon signing and, and whether the Phillies are still on in on on Bryce. I I think so. I mean, I think the Phillies are in on everybody, and you know they're they're certainly jumping at the opportunity to take some players and take a little bit of risk here too. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd want to go three years on McCutcheon to be honest, but um, but I mean they did, and 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 who knows? Maybe he ends up being a role player. Like if they're going to spend the money that they say they're going to spend, I don't think this precludes them from anybody else out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that this gets gets maybe McCutcheon. I don't know if I'm if I'm Andrew McCutcheon, I'm actually a little nervous about this because I still think the Phillies. Now maybe they promised him a starting spot. I don't know, but I think if the Phillies get their opportunity for Bryce Harper. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon may find himself more of a role player than anything else. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. But then again, listen, they do need they need a right fielder and a left fielder because the reason they traded Carlos Santana was so that Reese Hoskins can go back to his natural position of first base. So they do need two outfield positions filled. And I think that if they do get Bryce Harper, he's your right fielder, Cutch is your left fielder. I think that's how it's going to work. But I didn't see this signing coming. I didn't think the Phillies were going to get McCutcheon. McCutcheon was kind of, there were no rumors on him, so I was a little bit surprised to see out of nowhere that he had signed with the Phillies. Yeah, yeah, it's a surprising move, but I, I think that it's, uh, I mean, it could end up being a solid move. Again, injury risk here, aging risk here over three years. Uh, but uh, but I, I just, the one thing I don't really get about the Phillies' strategy here is it seems like they're replacing every position, which means, you know, where'd all these young guys go? Like, I, what, what happened to bringing up some of your, your system and, and developing that? What, what system do right they have? Oldifying the team, essentially. And, and, mm-hmm. and we all know what that does. I mean, you look at the Toronto Blue Jays for 2015, you're going to give yourself a two-year window, and it's great. And maybe that two-year window, you win a World Series, but... Then it closes and you got to start all over again. I would have, I would have liked to see the Phillies maybe try a little harder at making the guys they have in their system work and developing them up into the big leagues before before starting to. You really should only have to piece this together. And that's but I mean, you look at the guys they have. Gene Segura is young. Bryce Harper, if they get him, he's young. Reese Hoskins is really young. You and have I'm not saying they have their young core, and and I'm not saying that, but I think that that. It seems to me like when you say that the whole outfield is open, that's that's yeah. odd for a team that's supposed to have that many young guys coming up that have potential, right? Mm-hmm. So for for me, that's where I I see a little bit of risk with the Phillies. They may open a window that's very quick, but they you know I look at the Braves. You know the Braves window is open for probably five to six years, much like the yeah. Astros will be. And, and and I I would rather see a team built that way than open the window for two years of competitiveness mm-hmm. and, and then collapse completely again. And and that's what we saw with the Toronto Blue Jays. And now yep. it's going to be a slow build with the Jays too. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Moving on, Charlie Morton signed a two-year, thirty million dollar deal with the Rays today. Uh, just a couple hours ago, Morton and the Rays reached a two-year, $30 million deal. Um, and the under-the-radar All-Star has been a key component of the Astros' last two playoff runs. What do you make of the signing? 
Well, I mean, you know, it's a good signing. It's a good signing for the Tampa Bay Rays. They're they're trying to build upon the success that they had last year, and I, I don't think this brings them up into the realm of Boston or New York, but I, I do think this helps them out a lot. Um, you know, I mean, he's got all-star caliber play that comes with him and, and, and playoff experience, which is just invaluable in the, in the clubhouse. It's invaluable on the field. And, uh, and maybe he can be a huge X factor in, in making the Rays take that next step. But again, the AL East, you know, it's one of those things right now where when you've got the Yankees loading up and the Red Sox reloading a little bit, uh, they're just going to be juggernauts for a while. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I take the risk of $30 million in two years on Charlie Morton right now if I'm the Rays. Uh, not to say you're giving up, but, boy, I, I, it's going to be tough to compete with those two teams right now. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I think it's a good signing, though. Morton's got good stuff. He's been an all-star, as we mentioned. So I think it's going to work out for the Rays in the end. Yep, I agree. I agree. I just don't know if it's going to hurl them over the... the... Now, again, it's you've not. got that second it's wild not. card there, too. So you've got yeah. to think about that as well. That's probably the place that I think they're aiming for right now. Moving on. Yeah. Billy Hamilton signed a one-year $5.25 million deal with the Royals. Uh on Monday, I believe, just a week after being non-tendered by the Reds, ultra speedster Billy Hamilton signed a one-year $5.25 million deal. Hamilton, for his part, has failed to produce offensively, but has always been able to put up big stolen base and defensive numbers. The Royals actually made a push to acquire Billy Hamilton from the Reds a few years ago. This didn't necessarily surprise me that they signed him. I don't know if it surprised you, but what are the Royals trying to do this year? Well, the Royals are trying to do nothing, and 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 this is my two for two, Dylan. This is this is the second person I said would sign for a non-contender that did, and and again, Billy was one of my my picks to sign with a non-contender because of uh, the fact that his intangibles are 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 ju- or his tangibles right now are really just speed and defense and nothing else, and a contender needs more than that. And so, you know, the Royals just piecing him in there is uh, is exactly what I expected. I think it's a good signing for them. I think it helps the uh, the kids on their team that are coming up to, to move forward. But I think that uh, that this is one of those things where he just signed with a non-contender. Maybe the one year gives him a chance. Maybe it's a pillow contract where it gives him a chance to redevelop everything else in his game. Uh, but right now, he's still just that speedster in defense. And, and again, I, I, this does not surprise me because I saw this, this coming with, a, with another non-contender signing. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I mean, I had a feeling he was going to go to the Royals no matter if they were a contender or not because they have been looking at Billy Hamilton for a while. But I mean, right. I think and, a... and you know what, Dylan? The, the other thing, too, is in, and we say the Royals are not a contender, but with Cleveland sort of starting to look like they're dismantling a little bit, which baffles me beyond Central is wide fire. open. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It baffles me that Cleveland would start to, to start to dismantle anything, but uh, especially since this division is theirs for the next six years if they want. But, mm-hmm. but, um, but I mean, you add a, a Billy Hamilton, maybe the Royals can contend. I mean, they're going to get destroyed in the playoffs just like anybody from the Central Division. But, uh, but again, you know, maybe they can. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe to call them a non-contender is kind of silly in the Central Division, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how this signing will work. I think I think it's more of an audition for Hamilton. Maybe he gets an extension, maybe he doesn't. For the Royals, they just need someone to fill that center field gap. Moving on, Tanner Roark, just like half an hour ago, maybe, uh, got traded from the Washington Nationals to the Up Cincinnati to the Reds. Up to the minute with 2 baseball. Yeah. Um, 
Roark has been a consistent starter for the Nationals, and the Nationals are trying to become contenders again. Uh, so it kind of surprised me that they traded a guy like Roark. They got pitching prospect Tanner Rainey in return. Now I have two questions for you. What are the Nationals doing? Are they trying? They're trying to contend, obviously. But how does this? How does this help them contend by trading away one of their better starters? And does this affect the Reds' pursuit of Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez, which was, it was reported today that they were going after? Uh, well, two things. I think that the I, I don't see this as a as a playoff killer for the Nets. I, I mean, they've got enough with their their whole team to to at least compete for a spot. It is a little surprising because he was one of their better starters, but. Um, and, and again, the return is not somebody who's ready for the big, so I'm not, no. not really sure the logic behind this one, other than maybe they have their sights set on a free agent pitcher who's a starter. Well, they've already gotten Patrick Corbin, right? So. Well, and that's what I'm saying, and I think that there's another one probably on the way, and, and who knows who that is right now at this point, but, but it, it almost feels to me like they're making room for maybe even another starter beyond Corbin, and and uh, and that's what I think the Nats' position is. I think the Reds are doing exactly the same thing as the Nats. I think they're looking for multiple starters, and I don't think this by any means takes them out of the Stroman sweepstakes. And, and, and I'm not even sure what this Stroman thing has really turned into because, you know, it, every day it seems like Ross Atkins is doing something different with Stroman and Sanchez. And, and again, most recently he's basically said there's a lot of teams interested and we're listening now, so I guess they're available. Um, I don't think this takes the Reds out of that. Well, I mean, we're in on Dallas Keuchel, so who needs Stroman and Sanchez? <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll see about that one. Um, moving on, yeah, I think, it'll, I think it's going to be a good trade for the Reds. I don't know if it works out for the Nationals, but moving on. Three teams are reportedly winning the race for Bryce Harper. And you might be surprised as to who those three teams are. So it was announced, to, or it was reported, sorry, Tuesday morning, that Bryce Harper had three teams that were really making a good pursuit for him, and that he was interested in their offers. The three teams, unsurprisingly, included the Phillies. They also, it also included the Dodgers and the White Sox. Yes, the Chicago White Sox are seriously in the mix for Bryce Harper. Are they? Are the Chicago White Sox seriously in, in the mix, or are the Scott Boris White Sox seriously in the mix? <laughs> Because that's to me what this kind of talk is all about. But I, really I mean, at the at the beginning of the offseason, it was reported that they wanted to go after him. So is Bryce Harper possibly going to go to the White Sox? And not a chance. And, and I think that the the reason is uh, simple: it's the White Sox. But but the other thing is, I think you've got a Scott Boris here who's saying, yeah, and I believe the White Sox were absolutely interested in in maybe taking this leap, but. I think that what Scott Boris is doing is pitting them against the other two, the Dodgers and the Phillies, and in trying to drive up Bryce Harper's price, uh, because I don't think Bryce Harper in his right mind, no matter the money, would go to the Chicago White Sox. So um, <laughs> Cubs maybe, but White Sox, no, you don't go to that side of town if you don't have to. So uh, <laughs> and it's true, and, 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 and I don't think he has any interest in going to the White Sox, but they're certainly going to use them against the other two. Although uh, Boris did say today, a signing is not necessarily imminent, but could be within days and really just a matter of weeks that, that Harper is, is getting closer to a deal somewhere. But, um, 
but again, that would shock me if it was the Chicago White Sox. I would yeah. take 17 opt-outs in that one. If I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to go play for the White Sox either if I had the choice. But, I mean, you never know. He could transform that team. Well, he would definitely transform. They would transform any team. I mean, the guy's super young for a free agent. He's definitely going to make a huge difference no matter where he goes. Mm-hmm. I just don't think if you're Bryce Harper, you say, hey, you know what? <laughs> I kind of feel like going to the food trucks in Chicago, and I am going to go to the White Sox, and, and maybe I'll avoid some lead flying by my head as I go to the stadium, too. Not not a very uh, great opinion on Chicago. <laughs> well, they're just in a tough part of town, and I don't think that makes the whole decision. But certainly, you know, it's not – they're not exactly the most ideal team to want yeah. to join. Uh, Cubs, yeah. I mean, you play at Wrigley. You, you, you play for Joe Madden. There's lots of benefits of being in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago, don't get me wrong, is a beautiful city. It's just the part that, uh, that the White Sox are in is, uh, is not good. <laughs> uh, so I just don't on. see Harper making yeah. that choice. I just don't. Mm-hmm. No, I'd agree with that. So Craig Kimbrell was an all-star closer for the Red Sox, but it, it was reported Monday evening that they don't expect him to return. In our free agency show, we had predicted that he would return for a homecoming to the Braves. Could we, could we be correct? Well, quite possibly. I wouldn't put anything past Alex Anthopoulos, but I definitely don't think he's going back to the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox are priced out of that market right now, and and uh, so he's going he's gonna to bring that strange pose he makes over to the, someone else. So and strange it, it about it. You don't, you don't think that impersonating a bird every time you pitch is <laughs> I don't know normal? what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. It looks like he broke his arm right at the elbow <laughs> and just lets it dangle there. But then he all of a sudden pitches really hard. So there you go. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I could see him going to the Braves. I could see him going uh, multiple different places. But, but it wouldn't surprise me if Anthopolis jumps in here and, and, uh, and swoops up some, some Kimbrel time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be Kimbrel time. Yeah, well, he did. Hey, I'm coining that term. Somebody uses it. It's trademarked. <laughs> Craig Kimbrell, I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked if Kimbrell goes the Brian McCann route and goes back to the Braves. I mean, they're certainly contenders now, so what's not to like about them? Yeah, but moving on, uh, we will address the Rule Five draft one final time before it happens. Uh, it's coming up tomorrow, so is it increasingly likely that the Blue Jays will lose Jordan Romano and Forrest Wall? Yep, I think they lose them all. I, I mean, now, I mean, that's almost never happened. So, I mean, I would be shocked if it did, but at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked. I think, I think they've really left some top talent exposed here, and it's going to be difficult not to lose them. Tomorrow. Who do you, who do you want to keep? If you could keep one of the guys that's available for the Rule Five, who do you keep? All of them. I mean, Romano has got great potential, and Wall as well, and and I don't know. It's a tough one because. Uh, I, I would definitely keep Romano and Wall for sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think you lose them both for the sole reason that you, you said you wanted to keep them. What team doesn't want a Jordan Romano or a Forrest well, Wall? That's what the I'm question saying. is, yeah. do teams view both of those players as a big league ready? Because they're going to be offered back to their previous team if they don't make the club out of spring training. So do you have to factor in the decision? You do. You do. And is that is a really ready? good point. You make a really good point there. I think Wall, for sure, you could probably make him work at the big leagues. Um, maybe Romano's not ready yet, and that could be uh, and that could be a stopping factor that allows the Jays to keep him. It could be exactly what they were thinking with both of them. 
Yes, mm-hmm. they're elite players, but they're still at the double A level. And so if you if you hope that the other major league teams look at that and say, well, we really can't logically put them on our big league roster yet, then they're not going to tank them, right? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. You're, you're going to lose them right away. So, and and they come right back to the Jays. So it it makes sense that that there might be some they might want to take this risk. But boy, you know, a, a team like the Orioles, if they get the opportunity, they might do. They might put somebody like a Romano right in the big league yeah. and leave him there all year long. Yeah, I mean that's probably our biggest threat right now. Uh, is the Orioles a team like the Orioles? Uh, this morning, it was reported that Jay Happ had come to an agreement. While it was reported that he had signed a contract and was pending a physical with the Yankees. Ken Rosenthal then went back on that statement saying they had an agreement in place. A deal was, was, um, was agreed upon, but nothing is official yet. Do you think that the Jays don't get Jay Happ? I mean, obviously, they're probably not going to get Jay Happ. But do you think he's going to be a Yankee in the next uh, week? I think so. I, I, I think so. I think that's where he wants to be. He wants to win, and, and that's the place he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't see the Jays going three years either with him. So, you know, if, if the Yankees throw in that third extra year, he's going there. And I think he's, he's probably already going to be there. And yeah. by the time this podcast is over, to be honest, <laughs> uh, but I mean, the, the thing is the Jays have a lot of irons in the fire. I think there's, there's a lot of other starters that I think the Jays can get. I don't think it's a, it's a deal. I mean, automatically, it's not going to be necessarily the greatest season ever. So, you know, it's uh, um, it would surprise me if he went anywhere. Yeah. Um, you kind of helped uh, help me segue into our next part of the podcast. What can we still expect from the Blue Jays for the winter meetings? As they come to a close, we... What what did we expect to see from the Blue Jays? First of all, what did we expect to see coming in? Well, I think that as the winter meetings end, um, you know, you're probably not going to you're not going to see too much. So, yeah, but what did, what did what did people think was going to happen coming into the winter meetings? Well, I think there was a shot at the winter meetings are always a table setter, right, for the rest of the off season. There's there's things that happen, and but usually the blockbuster stuff happens even in the week following the winter meetings, mm-hmm. just before Christmas. And and I think you'll see that with many of these deals as well. There's been a few big ones, but um, but a lot of minor ones. And I don't think the Jays are, are really worried too much about whether anything actually gets completed at the ma- winter meetings. That's what I expected. I didn't expect anything really different. Um, ben Nicholson-Smith's reports that, uh, that Deolis Guerra, is that how I pronounce it? Guerra? Who? Um, Anyway, the Jays were interested in him, but he just signed with the Brewers. So, you know, I think the Blues I didn't are... know he was an existing human being. To be fully honest, <laughs> well, there you go. Now you do. Now you do. But uh, but it, it's funny, you know. I I think that people look at the winter meetings as this is going to be a bunch of wheeling and dealing, and at times it is. And there's been years where it's been bigger, but for the most part, it's setting the table for the rest of the off season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean obviously the Jays are still looking for pitching depth. Right, and so they're not looking for stars, just depth. And I'm wondering, could Sonny Gray be an option for them? He's a depth arm who wouldn't be an awful fit for the young Torontonian club. I really love to say that word. And we've just mentioned Jay Happ might have an agreement in place with the Yankees. So where do we go from here? Is Sonny Gray an option? I don't know, but we have some breaking news. We do. Lance Lynn, did you hear this one? 
What's we'll to save it for later? What? In the oh, you podcast. heard this one already? It's written down. Yes. Oh, never mind. No breaking news. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Did the you Jays go after Sunny Gray? Yes or no? What's that? Did the Jays go after Sunny Gray? Yes or no? No. Why would I do that? What do you mean? Why would you do that? I'm asking you a question. Sunny Gray is not what Sunny Gray used to be, and but I we don't need depth. We don't need a star. Well, I know, but you know, he's what's he going to do? Eat a, eat a hundred innings and then be a garbage the rest of the time? I don't. I mean, do we really want that? That is why get him that way. Just go and get some of these guys like Sean Reed Foley and, and others to come up and and pitch for us. I'd rather Ten see ERAs that. I'd rather great. see them fail than a Sunny Gray and spend money on that. Oh, yeah, guy. Ten ERAs are great for youngsters. <laughs> uh, moving on, it was reported that the Yankees have had a lot of contact with young Dominican shortstop Manny Machado. Are they the front runner for Machado? We didn't see it coming. Or well, I didn't we did see it but... coming. We we did and we didn't. Uh, you know, it's I don't know. You know, the Yankees. I, I don't. I don't get it. They, they were really upset with his comments about the fact that he should be allowed to be lazy. Um, and, and the next minute they're trying to sign him. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they had a good conversation. Do with they spend and... 300 million on a guy who's not going to hustle? Well, I wouldn't, but go for it, Yanks. Cause you know what? Anything that makes them worse in the future makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it makes any, it makes it any Jays fan happy. I mean, that's like a dream come true. If it makes the Yankees worse. Especially well, let's age the, the Yankees as fast as we can age them, and then that way we can maybe get, get mm-hmm. an earlier competitive window. Yeah. Um, brief announcements, a couple brief announcements before we wrap things up. Well, obviously, we have the rumors to go through still. It was announced this week that Mike Napoli would be retiring after 12 seasons. Napoli was a quality player for several teams, so 12 years. Congrats, Mike Napoli. As well, Lee Smith and Harold Baines were both inducted into, or were both voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. I know some of our listeners, one in particular, had a problem with Baines being voted in. I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, but yeah, I just, wanted, I just thought I'd run that past everyone. Now, moving on to the latest off-season news. I shouldn't necessarily call it rumors, because not all of it is. Nelson Cruz has the Twins, White Sox, Astros, and Rays in on his powerful bat. How legit are each one of those um, possible teams. Uh, too legit to quit, I would say. <laughs> You're and that joke alone. Oh, I think the White Sox are in on it. Are in on a lot of power bats. I think that they that's that's what they're looking for this year or for this year. And I think it's it's a legitimate shot. The Twins, maybe. I don't think so. The Astros are going to be looking for someone who can replace a Marwin Gonzalez. And I don't think that Cruz is going to provide the same defensive ability as Marwin Gonzalez, but I do think that he's going to provide the bat that Gonzalez was, was leaving. And he had a pretty good bat and Diaz will take his defensive abilities. I'll admit Diaz will. The Rays would not surprise me. They got rid of CJ Crone, assuming to make room for Nelson Cruz, but I'm not even going to give you another chance to speak on the Cruz topic because I don't want you to make him. <laughs> um, so our next rumor, do the talks between the Phillies and Bryce Harper intensify over the course of the week and has the Andrew McCutcheon signing changed that? I thought we just covered that. Moving on. <laughs> we kind of did, but I, I still, do you think that... Do you <laughs> well, did something changed in the last half hour or what? 
I, I guess not. Sorry, I had it written down and I, I forgot to erase it, so I felt that I felt the need to read it. Uh, Did we get the Jordy? <laughs> I'm. I don't know. I don't know what to say. You yeah. okay? So we're Jordan Mercer signed. We're following it to the T. Jordy Mercer signed a one-year <laughs> deal with the Tigers today. Uh, if I read correctly, it was two point five million with a couple incentives. Uh, small signing for the Tigers. They need infield depth, and I think they got it in a pretty good infield on Jordy Mercer. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, well, I think it shores it up, and you know what? I mean, you're not going to see the Tigers compete anytime soon, but Mercer certainly helps shore up things for them, so I think it is a good move. Yeah, I would. I think more Mer- Mercer, sorry, has been has proven to be a good, reliable shortstop in the past. I think it's a good signing. Tyson Ross and Matt Moore, two pitchers, both signed one-year deals with the Tigers, one for $7.2 million, the other for $2.5 million, with a crap load of incentives for Matt Moore. Um, what do you make of the signings? Tigers are pushing for a playoff spot, aren't they? <laughs> the Tigers are pushing to just be more relevant, maybe get some fans in the seats, and that's what <laughs> I think of the signings. And that's that's really all I think about those signings. They're basic signings. They're good signings. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I think it, it helps the Tigers to be more competitive than they were last year. It, it is a division where maybe, <laughs> but, you know, I mean. but I, Everyone's I guess, a maybe in that division. Well, there's a lot of maybe. Everybody's a maybe in that division. And great for them. You know, you could be the worst team on earth and still potentially win the Central Division. At least that might put some bums in seats. And then you get some revenue coming in and you can pay for the more expensive players later. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not a bad move. None of these are bad moves. And this yeah. is good for the Tigers. Uh, moving on, Lance Lynn, as you tried to report earlier, but I cut you off. Signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the Rangers since you were so eager to report it. Why don't you tell us what you think of the signing? I think it's good. I, I mean, the Rangers are uh, the Rangers are potentially competitive. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I think Lance Lynn's potentially this may be his his swan song deal, but uh, <laughs> uh, but I you know I mean it's I don't know if it makes the Rangers any more competitive in that division, but. And certainly with the with the what the Mariners are doing, and we, we really haven't had any Mariners talk today, actually. But I know. Uh, I mean, there's nothing left, I guess. But but the uh, the Mariners doing what they're doing give the Rangers some hope, and this could be a good signing for them. Yeah, they're not they're not winning. I'm sorry, they're not. Uh, it's not just because I have a deep hatred for the Rangers, but it's also because they're a garbage team. So this has been episode eight of Two Elevens Baseball Talk. Uh, please go follow us on Twitter at 211sports. Go check out our website at sitesguru.com slash view slash 211sports. We're going to have to take that ASAP. Uh, follow us personally on Twitter at dbakes11. And what's your Twitter? Uh, that's a good question. Three baseball boys 11, I believe. Yeah, is still you've, you've been changing. You've been changing things. So I, I know. Sure. I changed it up. So you had me You had me there a little bit. But I, I think it's three baseball boys 11 still. I don't think Sounds good. Our 211 Sports account reports on the latest news in around the baseball world. We are always up to date. So please go follow us on Twitter. Go check out our website. For Chris Baker, I am Dylan Baker signing off on Episode 8 of 211 Baseball Talk. We'll see you next week. See you.